How was everybody this morning? Blessed. Good, good, blessed, blessed. The, 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 the biblical teaching is to teach us how to live a divine life. That's what it should be, is how to live a divine life. It's just like someone asked me, um, with all of the things going on in the political world, well, how should they vote? I said, well, don't vote politically, vote biblically. Mm -hmm. That just makes sense, mm -hmm. you see. So what we, what we do and what we're about over here is trying to live the life that we ordain to live when we become born again. And that is to live a divine life. And it's amazing to me, you know, people will shout in church over sermons as long as you don't talk about lifestyle. Mm. But when you start talking about lifestyle, the church gets real, real quiet. But the ultimate goal for us as Christians is to live a lifestyle that pleases God. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, we're not man pleasers. We're not self pleasers. We're trying to please God. You see, we're not in, you know, we don't, we, we don't care about what somebody else thinks of us. We're only wanting to be, to make God smile. That's right. And so when, when, what we're going to do today is going to talk about his divine power. There, there is going to be a time in your life when you're going to run out of steam. Yes, sir. You, you better believe that. You're going to run out of steam and you're going to have to have uh, some divine power. Because the human mind or the natural mind can only handle so much and it will break down and fall apart. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if we look at all of the things that's going on in the world today and all of, and it's sad and it's a lot of sad things going on and uh, uh, Ukraine is not the only place. You can just look at the news on Kansas City and just write your neighborhood probably. And they're talking about all of these different type things. And this morning I was listening to one of the ministers and they were talking about how many teenagers now are on different medications and uh, one out of five or whatever it is, uh, committing suicide, trying to commit suicide, all of this stuff's going on and everyone's trying to find out what the problem is. The problem is some things that are, are mentally and emotionally, but then some things are spiritually. So some things are a spiritual disorder, not a mental or emotional disorder. And you gotta know the difference. You got to know the difference. Listen, I'm going to say it again. You got to know the difference between a mental disorder, physical disorder, or, yes, and get that, or a spiritual disorder. And so the only place that the spirit can be strengthened is by he who created the spirit. That's right. Right? And so sometimes when we read the Bible, we read it as the stories. You see, you know, it's supposed, the words should come alive and literally speak to you. You see, it's, it's like it, it speaks to your spirit. It's just like I've seen, uh, uh, there are many people, let's just use it this way. There are people who are very successful as entertainers, okay? I mean, they're very successful as entertainers, singers, and you can go to some little small church and there's somebody in there to blow them off the stage. That's right, that's right. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Because they didn't put themselves in that position or they're not they're singing by the spirit with the spirit okay and so and so it's more effective 
All right, so we go, when we start, we remember our, our, our things is, uh, we think different. Mm -hmm. We process different because we have something different in us. Mm -hmm. sure. You see, in 1 Peter 1, 3, and 11, is that where I'm at? That's right. All right, Second let's go. Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 11, and we're going to come from lots of versions here so we can get an understanding yeah. of today's word. And I wrote all of these versions down because we should be higher learning, period. We should be, yes, yes, we should be. We want to be children of higher learning. You see, most of us done come out of the mud, so we know how that is, how that works. That's right. You see? All right, I won't get into that. For his divine power, we're going to talk about his divine power. Divine power, that's what we're talking about today. His divine power. You see, you know, I just took a, um, I think Monday, I go get, take a blood test. And they're going to do this blood test, and they're going to go back, all way back as far as they can. And they called us, Sister Gwen and I, and uh, well, they called me, and uh, wanted to know my ancestors and where they were from and who got this and this to figure out uh, some of the, uh, this is a trial I'm on, some of the different things in the family and what's happening to them. I think it's very exciting. So I take the first thing, uh, the first test, uh, blood test tomorrow. And I'm excited about that because they'll be able to find out what some of the, what the, some of the sales and all that is, right? But that's not what I live by. That's right. That's, right. that's interesting, and you see, in the physical side, you see? But uh, the real test is, where do I stand in the eyesights of God? That's it. Where's my divine at? That's right. Because that's what's going to take me through whatever they figure out. All right, here we go. And verse 3 from the Amplified said, For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and, and godliness. This is what we want to live. A dynamic spiritual life and godliness. The Bible challenges us to live a godly life. And when you do something like this, like I said, you don't see people uh, jumping up and down and shouting when you start telling them how to live. Well, the, you are supposed to live a godly life. That's right. Period. Well, so he's given us everything necessary to live uh, uh, that kind of life. That's right. You see, God has given, so it's, it's, it's inexcusable. Yes, sir. You see, but there's one thing about it is, and you all have done it, you've probably not done it, but most of us have been both sides. If someone has given you a gift and you didn't really open it because you knew it was in it, mm. and you put it up on a shelf somewhere, you see, but it didn't mean that they didn't give you the gift, right? You see, well, God, when you get saved and born again, he gives you a gift and you have this power to live this kind of life, but it's up to you to allow that to come into your spirit, to use it, to live by. Right. All right. The NIV says it this way. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. So it's inexcusable. We can live a godly life only by his divine power. Mm -hmm. You see, he's given us everything necessary to live it, right? That's right? And we can only live, you can only live a godly life by what God gives you. That's right. You have to become godlike. Okay? It goes on to say, through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. God called us. When you got born again, God called you. Why would he call you and not give you what it takes for you to live the life that he wants you to live? Say that. That's it. Yeah. 
You see? It makes sense? Yeah. You remember in the old days, I, they don't do this anymore because people don't eat together anymore. But in the old days, they used to call you to supper. You know, they, they'd call you to supper and, and everybody would go in for supper, right? That's right. And, and you would eat supper together. That's right. And of course, in them days, you didn't get to choose what you wanted to eat and all that kind of stuff like they do today. You, you ate what, what, what was there or you just didn't eat, right? That's right. Well, this is the same way spiritually. God has called us and he set a table for us to give us everything we need to live a spiritual life. You choose to eat it or not eat it. That's right. Right. You choose to accept it or not accept it. You choose to live by it or not live by it. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. The message says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God. Now this here, a, a life of pleasing God, a, a life of pleasing God. I like that. It's very, it's very easy, people. It is a whole lot easy, easier to live a life that pleases God than the one that lives, you live to please people. That's right. Right. How are you going to please all the people that think you should be this, that, and whom, and where, and all that kind of crazy stuff? You see? We want to live a life to please him. That's right. All right? Because, and it's easy because he's given us every, the tools that we need to please him. Yeah. All right? It goes on to say that this has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately. And what? Personally and intimately. That's a powerful word, intimately. Okay, intimately. It's a oneness thing, okay? That's right. The That's one, what he's given us. He's given us that, all right? He says, the one who invited us to God. And so Jesus Christ invited us to the Father. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation. Yeah. It's an invitation you got invited to. Well, when you get invited to something, and we all have been invited someplace and didn't go. Yes, sir. Well, it's the same way here. That's right. In church, church is a place where we fellowship with each other and we get taught and we grow. But when the real thing comes, God has given you an invitation, yes, uh, to come to him. Because mm-hmm. in a few minutes, you're going to be out of here. Right. You see, but you can be with him at all the time. That's right. Because I can promise you that you're going to need him. Mm-hmm. And, all these, and the people that are here now, you see, they, like, some of them love you, some of them don't like you, whatever it is. That shouldn't matter to you because they're not going to be the ones going to help you get through what you got to get through. That's right. Amen. You're going to have to have something inside you. God will give you that. That's right. Right? Yes. Pastor, the word says it's not just an invitation. The best invitation we've ever received. It is the best invitation you've ever received is when Jesus Christ gave you an invitation. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and I'll give you rest. That's right. That's the best invitation you'll ever receive. Is the invitation to, to make Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. There's nothing any better. You see, if I was opening the doors of the church, I said, come up and receive him. Receive Jesus Christ. Because see, nothing we can do here. We can, do, we can sing and praise and worship and pastor can teach or whoever else is up here. But the real power is going to come through Jesus Christ. You see, it is in this word. All of you have been promised something that some, have you ever overpromised yourself? Mm. And, and some people have overpromised you. Mm. So you and if you don't say amen, I'm going I'm to tell you what happened. Better say amen real loud. Amen. Because right. yeah, you know, I was going to say, you know, like getting married and you wind up being divorced and you didn't promise these people all these things you was going to do well. when you was up there and you overpromised yourself to death do us part, huh? Yes, and sickness and health and rich or poor. 
you overpromised yourself. You should have stayed where you were at. That's right. You see, I said I wasn't going to say that. Yeah, but it wouldn't be so easy. Sometimes it happens, all right? All right? The passion well, let's do it this way, way so I don't want you all to get all upset at me, okay? Let's, let's, that, you ever promised yourself that you were going to eat healthier? No. Uh. No? You know what I'm talking about? You guys all know what I'm talking about, right? That's right. Did that make more sense to you? You ever promised yourself you're going to stop drinking, gambling? You see? You ever promised yourself you're going to stop working out? Walking. You see? Did not do it. You overpromise yourself. And I tell people all the time, be careful. Be careful what you say you're going to do or what you say you ain't going to do. All right, am I doing all right? The Passion says it this way in verse 3. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness. Godliness. Say that, godliness. godliness. See, one thing I like about godliness, it covers everything. Religion doesn't. But godliness covers everything. That's right. All right? It says, has already been deposited in us by his divine power. That's my favorite it's been deposited in us by his what? Divine power. It's been deposited in you right. by his divine power. You have to reach in and get it. Let me tell you, as a track coach, I'm going to go back to track. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what age you are, there's a second win. That's what we teach in track is a second win, okay? That's right. What that means is when you get to the point you can't breathe and you don't think you can do it, if you keep moving, that second win will kick in. That's right. That's what divine power does. Everybody's got a second win. I'm talking physically, all right? Everybody's got, you, you, ever, you ever feel like you were tired and you were working, you were tired, and you took a break, man, you was fired up, ready to go again, all right? That's what that divine power does. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. I can't make another step. I can't do this. And many of you went through tragedies in your life. And you go through a tragedy, I don't know how I'm going to help, how I'm going to do this. And you deal, you get that divine power, and you're able to deal with something you didn't think you could ever deal with. Because you deal with it through your spirit. And your spirit is where your divine power is. Because some things are too tough to deal with mentally. Because if you start dealing with things mentally, you start asking why. Let me tell you a little secret. Say what, Pastor? Sometimes whys will make you cry. Okay. So you have to wait for the second win. Then you're able to keep moving. And, and you'd hear Coach Fields out on track. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. It'll happen, it'll happen. And the ones that believe in the teaching and the coaching and the tools that they had, they hear that voice, Coach Fields, how to keep moving, keep moving. They keep moving and all at once they get that second win. You see? That's why you need divine power. Because your power is going to run out. Trust me, it will. Say amen to that. All right. Scripture goes on to say, for all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. And I love it. That part, call me by name. Mm -hmm. Calls you by your name. He knows who you are. Yeah. It's a divine thing. Yeah. He knows who you are. He'll call you by your name and say, yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. Johnny, you can deal with this. You can handle this. Yes. You know, 
And I announced that Sunday, don't be calling me because nothing, we don't know nothing until in May, okay? And I announced Sunday that probably in uh, about six weeks, I'll be going back on, I call it rat poison, but I'll be going back on chemo, <laughs> okay? All right, and folks is all upset, and you know, this would just be my fourth time around. Is it four? Fourth time around. Don't y'all get quiet. I'm the one going through it, all right? <laughs> you see? And you know, you know what? That is a great thing. Ask me, why is it great? I can be used as a tool to show people that it ain't always going to be all right. That's right. That's right. You see, but you can get through it, right? right. You see, and that's why I, I'm, I do trials to help. Remember, I said that because they can't get African Americans to do trials. So I'm doing all these, these trials, and, and, and I can come back in and say to you, there's a second win. Get your second win. Get your second win. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Right. You see? Amen. Yeah. You see? But you can only do that when you have divine power. Amen. You see? And you see, some of us want our light to shine. Well, your light doesn't shine unless it's darkness. Amen. You see? Darkness can be sickness. It can be whatever you went through. But divine power will turn the light on. That's right. In the midst of all that darkness. Mm -hmm. And you'll come out saying, hey, I'm going to do what I got to do with his divine power. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. Verse 4, it says, for by these he has bestowed on us his precious and magnificent promises of inexpressible value. Now, so what you have to do is live on his promises. Here's where the thing is. Live on his promises. You know, we get too caught up into uh, this life and all the stuff that's going to happen and all this. Stuff. There's no place in there where it says everything's going to be all right. That's right. Just, you know, some things are not going to be all right, but you're going to get through it. That's right. Why would you need power if you didn't have to go through something that took power? Come on, teach. You, can I say that again over here? Teach. Why would you need power, divine power, if you wasn't going to go through something that you need power? That's right. You see, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, life's hard, folks. Amen. Life is hard. Dying's easy, but life is hard, right? right? So you need divine power to get through things. Yes. You see? I look at this stuff that's going over there in that other country and Ukraine and all that stuff that these people are going through, and I'm like, whew, boy, we can't have that in America because we can't, we can't handle... I ain't got to say it because all of y'all got it in y'all's ear. That's right. <laughs> all right, here we go. He goes on to say that so by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of disreputable desire and become sharers of the divine nature. What kind of freedom? Disreputable. Oh, excuse me. Immoral freedom. They're so, is it, I don't know what's right and what's wrong. Man, they've got things going on now that would not even be tolerated That's right. That's right. this legal years ago. You see? Amen. But the power, divine power, keeps us from getting caught up in that. That's right. Amen? Amen. All right. Again, it says that with that power, Pastor, we become sharers of the divine nature. And we become sharers of the divine nature of God. You see? Let me go over here, too. Y'all want this, too? You become power. You share the divine nature with God. That's called God-like. It's really called oneness. It's a, it's a oneness, you see. 
the father's remember when the father's in me you, right. yeah, the, yeah, the father's in me because Jesus is in me the father's in me and I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me that's right. you understand that's the divine power you see says in verse 5 that for this very reason, applying your diligence to the divine promises, mm. make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence. So we work hard to develop our faith so that we can have moral excellence. Yeah. I like to, to be excellent. Isn't it something that we take our, our little children, and many of you do, to stay with me, and we want them to play a sport. And we want them to be excellent at a sport. But then when we're at home with our children, are we teaching them to be excellent children? Wow. Are we teaching our boys how to be excellent gentlemen? And our young ladies to be excellent young ladies? Is any moral teaching going on in your home? Excellent husband. Excellent wife. You know what that's called? Some of you ought to be laughing, really. It's called, look at me. Every man ought to want to be a divine husband. Yeah, that's right. Every woman ought to want to be a divine wife. That's right. That develops a divine family. That's right. That's what we got to have to get through this thing right now. That's right. Because it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Trust me, the Bible tells us that. That's right. All right, am I doing all right? Yeah. And Pastor, then in moral excellence, knowledge or insight all right. understanding. I love that. I'm going to get it again. It gives us knowledge. There's a scripture that says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. That's right. And another uh, interpretation says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. The lack of knowledge will cause you big troubles. Yeah. yeah. You will perish for, if you don't have knowledge. That's right. You have to have it. This is why Satan doesn't want you to read not only this book, he don't want you to read any books. That's right. That's right. Anything that's going to give you knowledge, he hates it mm -hmm. because he wants you ignorant mm -hmm. to certain things. You understand what I'm saying? You see, he doesn't want you uh, reading books about health. He doesn't want you healthy. You see, he doesn't want you reading anything that's going to make you good or make you better. You can't use somebody that's smart. You can't use somebody that's got knowledge. But you, use, you can use somebody that's ignorant. Are y'all with me? All right. And it says in verse 6, and in your knowledge... Self-control. Yes, and that's, this is, and when you have knowledge, it's self-control. Mm -hmm. Do you have self-control? You need to think about it. That's a person that doesn't run off at the mouth. Mm. Oh, get angry and, oh, yes, self-control. If you got self-control, that's in every part of your life. In every part of your life, a good, strong Christian that's in, has divine power has Self-control. You see? Uh, you self-control with your finances. Self-control with your eating habits. Self-control with how you treat people. That's right. How you act and react. 
how you respond. It's called self-control. Right. You can only do that with a divine spirit and divine power. Yes. All right. I like this verse 6, Pastor. It says from the voice, add discipline. Ooh, I, and you know, I'm, I'm a, that's one of my favorite words. I love that word discipline. Discipline is, 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 is just makes me feel good. Add discipline, because dis- once you have discipline, you can handle it. That's right. You can handle it. Some people have so much discipline. I mean, they have that kind of discipline. In the midst of a storm, they, they refuse to be moved. Yeah. It takes discipline. You can't panic. It takes it. You sometimes, uh, when I look at a game, and I look, man, if that brother had some discipline, right. he, he wouldn't have threw that ball. Yo, even Mr. Mahomes, I've had to holler. I've had to holler. I had to holler at him. He didn't hear me. You know, why are you getting tackled, man? You ain't got to be getting sacked. Have some discipline. Throw that thing away. Right. We've all said that. Right. We've all said that. Yeah. We've all said if they would have had some discipline. No, if you would have discipline, then you would breed discipline in your household. Mm-hmm. All right? But it takes work. All right? And then it says, see, to even, even the roof agrees with what I'm saying today. That's right. All right? It's angels coming to mm-hmm. listen. 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 To discipline, add endurance. And def- endurance, you know? You all know what a sprint is? Yes, sir. That's like 100 meters. Short and fast. It takes endurance because life ain't a sprint, it's called a marathon. That's right. You run a marathon? No, some of you haven't, but you watch somebody run a marathon. Oh, you've heard about a marathon. It ain't on flat ground. It's heels up, down heels, and you know, you all don't know, but you, you don't run the same way on a flat as you do up or down. You have to run three different ways to run. You'd run different flat, then you run different up, you run different down. Yes, that's in a marathon. In a sprint, you're just going straight on. Well, unfortunately, I hate to tell you the bad news. This is no sprint. It's a marathon, and it takes endurance because there was a runner once called Prefontaine, and he was saying anybody can run 20 miles. He's talking about athletes now that were distance runners. Anybody can run 20 miles, but it's the last six miles that makes the difference. It's the last six miles that makes the man or the woman because there's 26 miles running. So if you're running a marathon and you only run look good for 20, you're not, that's not, you have to run 26 point. That's right. How many of you in here are ready and prepared for the uphill? Mm. How many in here are ready for the downhill? Mm. Do you have endurance for the downhills? There's one thing about it when you have discipline. Discipline tells you this. It's okay what happens. In my life, I do it this way. When I'm down, temporary. When I'm up, temporary. temporary. When I'm running on a flat course, temporary. You see? But divine power, divine strength gives me the discipline and the endurance to run the same. Are you with me? All right. Am I making sense to you? All right. 
Then back to the passion in verse 6, it says steadfastness. And in your steadfastness, godliness. Steadfast and godliness. Steadfast. Let me tell you all something. You know what steadfast is? You have the tools. Use your tools, be unmovable, and make a stand. That's right. That's right. And make that stand and keep that stand and let nothing move you from that. All right, where am I at? Verse 7. Thank you. And in your godliness, brotherly affection. Now, that's the tough one. In your godliness, brotherly affection. Yeah, that's tough. Because mm -hmm. some of your brothers and sisters kind of get on your nerve. Come on. But it says have affection to those because, and it's pretty easy. Do you know that someone that's kind of kind of got problems, there's a reason for it. Amen. Listen to me very carefully. This is pretty simple once you have the wisdom of God. That's right. Okay? They have, they're acting up. That's a fact. But we don't look at the fact. We look at the cause. You didn't like that. We don't look at the fact. We, we know they're acting crazy. We look at the cause. Why are they acting crazy? If they mean, there's a reason they mean. That's right. We don't look at the, we know the fact they mean, but we don't get the cause. And we give a fact. That don't mean I'm bowing down to them. You see? You remember, if you argue with a fool, guess what happened? You can, you can multiply. One right. and one makes two. That's right. That's, that's right. That's right. Here we go. So here's how we understand brotherly affection. Again, verse 7 says, Brotherly affection, develop Christian love, that is, learn to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do things for their benefit. We are here when we get to where God would have us to be, to become servants, to make other people's lives better. To make other, you know what that is? Sometimes it's just a smile. You see, some people... Just need help. Yes. Whatever I can do to help. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm here on this earth plane. I'm on this earth plane to be a spiritual coach, period. That's right. I don't even like people calling me preacher. <laughs> I like being a spiritual coach and try to coach people because when, when they get it from me, then they can take it and coach other people. Yes. Because the worst, pl worst place to live is to be somebody who is void of life. That's right. You see, every one of you in here was born for a reason. And, and in your season, you ought to be fruitful to be able to help somebody else. Say amen to that. That ought to make you feel good. Okay. Now we're going to do verse 6 from the message. All right. It says, complimenting your basic faith with good character. With what? You mean I got to live it? Good character. Y'all know what, thank you. Y'all know what character is? That's who you are in the dark. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good character is who you are in the dark. You know, I wouldn't like to, but it'd be something to be in your house and you didn't know I was there. Yeah. On your job. Come on. What kind of character do you have when you walk out these doors? That's right. That's what counts because guess what? I'm not watching, God's watching. Yeah. yeah, some folk got, are a character. 
Amen. But we're talking about good character. And listen to this spiritual understanding. There you go. Spiritual understanding. Do you understand things spiritual? You can't understand things spiritual unless you're spiritual. That's right. You can't even worship God unless you're spirit. He said, God says, I am a spirit, and you must worship me in what? Spirit and, and spirit and truth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Discerning of the spirit is what? It's a spiritual gift. Yes, the gifts of the spirit are spiritual. They're giving to us for us to have good character and to use them to help other people find their way. That's right. All right? Here's two for you, Pastor. All right. Alert discipline. Alert Mm -hmm. discipline. Passionate patience. (laughs) Alert discipline. I don't know about that other one, but I heard you heard me with that one. And have patience. Passionate patience. Passionate. Come on, man. <laughs> Passionate patience. And, 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 and you see, I never pray for it. I'm working on it. Because if you pray for it, God will start putting people in your life that you need to be patient with. So, so I, so I, I ain't praying for that. I want to inherit it is okay. But praying to get it, uh-uh. Oh, no. Keep going. And then reverent wonder and warm friendliness. That's, that's easy. It's easy to be friendly to someone. You can be friendly to people you don't know. That's right. You can be friendly to people you don't even like. You ain't going to be around them that much anyway. But this is what a Christian life. A lot of people don't come to church because they don't see these qualities in us. That's right. You see, some place, sometimes the worst place to go is the church because you see all the critics mm-hmm. and people, you know, the pointers. But they're not true Christians. True Christians are friendly, warm and friendly. That's right. Amen? Amen. Scripture goes on to say that for as these qualities are yours, hmm. they're yours, and are increasing in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity. And, they, and, and they, it grows. And that's what I like about God. He gives me time to grow. And as I grow, and some of you in here, you know you're not here yet, but you can grow into that. That's right. You see? Some people are still in Little League. You know, Little League, and then you get into high school, and then you get into college, and then you become the next level. Just as long as you're moving upward. You see? How do we fall here in Christ Temple North? Forward. All right. It says these qualities will keep you from being useless and unproductive. Let's read that again. They will keep you from being useless and unproductive. There are too many useless, unproductive people in the church. Yes. But not us, right? We want to be productive. And we want to be people that are useful. All right. Ask yourself that. You know how to find out if this message is for you or it's for you anyway. Edit yourself. That's right. Edit yourself. If you edit yourself, you'll find out where you need to work on in your life and what you need to kick out. Edit. Every day you get up, edit yourself. Every night when you get home, edit yourself. How did I do today? According to the scriptures. All right? 
And it says, this is in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. You have to open up the book. Read about him. Get a greater understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone ought to get an understanding of who they worship. Get an understanding of that. You see? You see, the Buddhists are not reading the Holy Bible. They're trying to be like Buddha. Right? Y'all didn't know that? That's right. All these religions try to be like them. We talk about we Christians, so people are looking for Christ in us. They can't find him because we, he's not there. You see, we're not religious people. We're spiritual people. And we have the spirit of who? Christ. Christ. We're just not radical enough. We need to be radical. We have a divine spirit. Be radical. Who am I? I walk like Christ. I talk like Christ. I think like Christ. I have the spirit of Christ within me. Now, you know what that means, and the scripture lets us know that oneness. Christ couldn't do what he had to do if he didn't have what? The Holy Spirit in him. That's right. Somebody, people looked at me. Did not, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus Christ, a dove came on his shoulder? Yes, sir. And a voice says, this is my son who I am well pleased. And a dove always represents what? The Holy Spirit in the Bible. You got the same thing. Same power. You got the same power. All right? But the Bible tells us in verse 9, whoever lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted. And without that, you don't have wisdom. You don't have knowledge. You don't have an understanding. You're blind, short-sighted. Closing your spiritual eyes to the truth. Well. Having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. You have no idea who you are. Blind. We've all been there before, right? Yes, sir. That's right. Okay. He says, therefore, believers, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. And that's a great thing when you know that you know that you know that you know that you're called. And then once you get in your calling, you know, a lot of people ask me sometimes, how do you know what you're called to do? It's pretty simple. It's what you do well. Yeah, it's what you do well. That's your calling. Well, but, but uh, I'm a teacher, okay? Teach others. Right? What does pastor say? Each one? Say it again. Each one, teach one. Again. Each one, teach one. Yeah, that's what. We can all do that. Right? I've heard some of the guys talking, uh, and I was laughing at them. They're all talking now about how much weight they're losing. It makes me happy. They were doing that. I'm talking about today. And they were just excited about how much weight they're losing and uh, uh, getting fit. Because I told one of them a while back, but you know, I don't talk very well. I said, man, you like needles? He looked at me like, what? I said, you like needles? Well, you on your way to being a diabetic, bro. bro. Do something about it. Doing good. 
Doing good. Aren't you? <laughs> Each one teach one. You see? Y'all with me? In everything. Who are you? Ask God. He'll tell you who you are. What do you do well? That's your gift. You know, most, in the, especially African-American church, we always think that the gift is the preaching. Everybody, you know, they got, some churches got more ministers in it than they got people in the congregation. Right. Y'all been there. They got, they got folks all up here behind the preacher. All this have trying not to fall asleep. Y'all seen it. You've seen it like, it's, yeah, no, no, no. So when somebody comes to me and say, I think God has called me to preach, I say, oh, really? Where? Mm, that's right. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, you know, you want to go to elderly homes? He call you to do that? Preach going there? Yeah, he called me to minister. We use the word minister. He calls you to minister in elderly homes, prisons, abuse centers. What do he call you? Yeah, because I got this covered and got some backups. So we don't need nothing. But they need a bunch of them out there. And he's called people, and the biggest ministries are out there, not here. You see? That's you all. That's right. All right, I'm about done. Take a deep breath. Pastor, the scripture says the key is this. Be sure that your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God. How are you behaving? God's watching you. How can you have a divine nature and not have, you know what a divine nature means? I have the nature of God within me right. and I reflect the God of nature in my life and so people can see that reflection. You see? They don't know him. They have to see him through you. That's what they're looking for him. And then once they get to know you, then they'll ask you how did you became the person you are today. That's right. And then you can introduce them to him. Yeah. Okay, all right. The Bible tells us, for by doing these things actively, developing these virtues, you will never stumble in your spiritual growth. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm too old to be stumbling. You see? You see, some of we're, we're, you know, guys, they were having them a good time talking back there. I'm going to call him out. Logan was talking about his knees was hurting him. I said, yeah, but they, what they were saying is, and this was true, I knew that this time of year or this particular week that these bones are going to be aching. It's okay to stumble because the weather's going to change. Right. You just don't want to stumble in life because it's hard to get up sometimes when you get to stumbling. You Amen. understand what I'm saying? Amen. Are y'all with me? Yeah. See, I, I ain't got time to do a whole lot of stumbling. Ask me why. I don't have, I'm getting old now. I ain't got enough energy to start getting back up. So I want to stay upright. If I stay upright and not stumble, I won't have to be leaning and grabbing on stuff to pull myself back up. So the best way to do it is to do what the book says and not stumble in the first place. That's right. Right? And then we're told that we will live a life that leads others away from sin. And then we'll live a life that leads others away. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Non-Christians know if you're a Christian. Right. 
Yeah, they do. And they'll look, see, they look for a reason not to become a Christian, and they're looking for you to be the reason why they don't have to become a Christian. So you got to live it. Okay. And scripture closed out this way in verse 11. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly provided to you. That's how it works. It's pretty simple, people. Edit yourself. Edit yourself. Right. Are you using divine power that's given to you, that's available to you? Are you using it? Are you letting it work? Are you using the tools that God has given you to make this place a better place? I don't care what Biden's doing. If I get sick, he ain't coming to my house, no way. That's right. Right? That's right. What are you doing? You see, I don't care what the Republicans are doing. They ain't coming to my house, no way. You see? Show you how powerful they were. They couldn't stop a sister from getting into the Supreme Court. That's right. That's right. Uh, 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 walked out. Yeah. But when God walks you in a place and puts you in a place, you don't care who walks out. I belong there. And I use this, and I don't usually do politics. I think it's uh, Senator Booker. Yeah. You know what he told her? You belong. He said, don't worry about these people. Yeah, he did. He bought them out. He said, you belong there. Well, guess what? You all belong where God would have you to be. Be there. You belong there. Amen? Amen. All right. God is good. God